Sexual abuse is an incredibly devastating sin. But it's even more devastating when the victim is abused by a family member, particularly by a parent. Yet there are no depths of sin and depravity that God's grace cannot reach through Christ's atoning work on the cross. Today we're going to be talking with a woman who experienced God's unfathomable grace after a childhood plagued with sexual abuse. For an encouraging look at how God can turn tragedy into triumph, please stay tuned. You're listening to today's edition of Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential therapeutic program for teens in crisis and their families. Our host on Licensed to Parent, as always, is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. And I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, we are going to be dealing with a a very difficult subject today, one that probably occurs even in Christian households a whole lot more than most of us would realize or care to admit, and I am talking about childhood sexual abuse. Yeah, Rich, it's it's sad. Uh, in a day that is so charged with, with graphic sexual images and virtually uh, everywhere you turn, um, at the touch of a button, I've got to believe that it occurs uh, more these days than it ever did in the past. Yeah. I mean, how could it not, really? You're absolutely right. And again, seriously, Christians don't think that this is just an, an other world situation. Mm-hmm. This happens within the church. It, right. it obviously should not, but it does. And I do want to caution our listeners that today's program may not be suitable for younger ears. So if you have little ones, this may be the time to send them out of earshot of today's broadcast. Let me introduce our guest, though. Her name is Julie Woodley. Julie is the founder and director of Restoring the Heart Ministries, Incorporated. A speaker, an author, and counselor, Julie holds an MA in counseling and a certificate in theological studies from Bethel Seminary. She's had a successful private practice for the past 20-some years, uh, also works as a trauma counselor after bank robberies and suicides and all sorts of traumas. Uh, Julie is herself a survivor of numerous traumatic circumstances. Her story has been aired on various radio programs, including Of Faith and Family with Dr. Richard Land, uh, Focus on the Family with Dr. James Dobson, and Unshackled by Pacific Garden Mission. Julie draws from her personal experiences, but also from the healing that she's found in Christ to share hope and healing with other victims of trauma. Well, Julie, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much. Listen, it's, it's so good uh, to talk to you again. I can't believe we haven't had you on the broadcast before today. Uh, we're, we're always bumping into one another at conferences, and finally we get to talk to you on the air. What a privilege. Thanks for coming on. Well, yes, thank you, Trace. Well, Julie, t- tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you came to work with women and girls who've uh, been victims of sexual trauma. Well, how I came to work with them was really... Um, you know, I had been very abused as a child, um, sexually, emotionally, physically. Um, but the great thing is God brought me so much healing. Um, and I, I just wanted to sh- just share it with them and, and love them in their story and and provide the, the love and the healing that I had um, received from so many amazing Christians around the country. So sure. really felt called to really um, just love these young women and men in their story. So very excited to see what God has done in my life and wanted to give them that same miracle story. Sure. Can you just briefly share a little bit about uh, 
your situation as a child, uh, what brought you to this uh, vision that you have for working with kids, uh, young ladies? Yes, I was um, raised in the Rocky Mountains of Montana, and, um, you know, it looked beautiful on the outside, but on the inside there was just so much abuse, and uh, started with uh, physical abuse, um, you know, uh, doing things like tearing my earrings out of my ears when I was old enough to get my ears pierced or, mm. or beating me, um, just spankings that would leave, you know, blisters on my rear end mm. and, uh, and just a lot of beating. And then it turned into sexual abuse at a very young age, and, uh, which really distorted my view of so much, uh, my view of men, my view of what love was. And so um, I lived in that place for, you know, until I was 18 when I decided to leave and never really could go back again. Um, but, yeah, it was a very, very traumatic childhood. Um, I became pregnant from from my father at a very young age, at like 16, and was um, forced to have an abortion. Um, so I really lived in a lot of trauma, confusion, when I was... Um, probably around 14 years old, I was sold into trafficking for a couple of years by um, by my my father, mm-hmm. and so I lived that story too, and lived that story of uh, feeling sold, feeling like I was a hostage um, to these men that would come into town and and uh, you know purchase some time with me. Um, I saw money exchanged uh, for my services, and uh, so just lived in a place of incredible terror and worthlessness. I felt like it was all my fault, that mm. it's my fault that I'd been abused, um, I must have done something wrong. And so just lived in a place of um, just a lot of pain and sure. a lot of trauma um, from a very rich family in the, from the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> Give us a picture of what your life, though, looked like on the outside. At 14, you're sold into slavery. Does that mean that you kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, or were you still having to go to school, still having to be involved and, and look like everything was normal on the outside? What did that look like? Great question. Yes. No, I I had to pretend that everything was okay. I, had, I was scared to let anybody know what the secrets were. I was threatened with a gun told that if I told anybody that I would, my life would be taken, and I, I truly mm. believed it. I truly believed that my father was in all, in all ways a sociopath. Mm. So I had to really keep up the appearance because, like yeah. I said, it was from, I was from a very wealthy family. Um, he, was a, he was very involved in the Catholic Church. So I had to really keep all appearances up, which just mm-hmm. was very, very confusing for me to yeah. try to keep these appearances up and, you know, be told to smile in public and uh, then just to be absolutely dying on the yeah. inside. Yeah, you know, I, it's hard for people to understand who've never been through it uh, why girls just can't run away. My son's getting married, married in October. He's marrying a, a girl who uh, works for Shepherd's Hill Academy, but she also works uh, with... Uh, uh, girls in the sex uh, slave industry, and uh, one situation where the girl was to trying to escape the hotel, and she uh, she told the guy working the desk, you know, uh, about the situation, but the guys have already were, uh, th- were two steps ahead of her. The guy at the hotel was told to inform, and they got it right back, and you know they beat her and tied her up. It, it's it's a crazy, crazy thing, uh, Julie. In all your experience and research on the subject of sexual abuse. Have you been able to explain how a man can can reconcile 
going to church, being versed in the word of God and being molesting and selling his daughter all at the same time. What's going on there? Honestly, that's a, that's a very interesting question. I don't understand the mind of someone that could ever reconcile that, nor a mother that watches her daughter be abused. Um, mm. You know, there, in my mind, that's not God's reconciliation. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not what God, I just want, I just want young women to know this is not what God wants. Right. Um, right. And, and God will be there and He will protect you and He will stand up with you and He will help you walk out of it. And um, he wants you to be loved, and he has a world of love for you if you just say yes to him and allow him to kind of come and, and take charge of your life, mm-hmm. which I definitely had to do, sure. um, which I didn't do um, until I was 23 years old. Um, I went from my childhood home of being abused to um, uh, I knew I had to get out of there to literally saved my life. So um, the day after I graduated from high school, I uh, had a small amount of money, enough for a one-way train ticket, and I left, never to return again. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could say I went to good things then. Um, I didn't know God. I didn't know my worth. Um, So I walked right into prostitution for about five years, prostitution Mm -hmm. and uh, really selling myself um, to whoever would would take me in, provide a meal, you know, um, give me a place to sleep. Um, so I lived that way for five years until um, had a miracle, miracle conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of the night, um, bright, I was going to take my life. I just felt like I just need to commit suicide. I, you know, I'm no good. I'm worthless. I'm, I've, I'm used up. I'm the worst sinner in the world. At that time, I had had two abortions and um, had slept with hundreds of men and just knew that, you know, I was worthless. And so anyways, to make a long story short, um, I um, was ready to take those bottle of pills, and I paced back and forth from the medicine cabinet to my bed and um, just wanted to just die. And um, finally, finally, I took that bottle of pills and threw it in the waste paper basket and just cried out, God, help me. And, and I will. fell asleep, sobbed myself to sleep, and God did help me. He spoke to me in the middle of the night, and he just said, Julie, I love you. And that voice got louder and louder until it just absolutely woke me up. And I just felt all this incredible hot love just go through me. Real love. And um, I believed it. I had to believe it. That's the only chance I had. Did your dad have any uh, record of mental illness, or do you have any knowledge of him being molested as a child? Uh, did you know anything about that? Um, I, I, I don't know about, of course, I don't know if he had any. He probably never went to a therapist because he yeah. didn't want anybody to sure. expose him. But when I look back on the characteristics of him and understand the life of a sociopath, I can see in every way that mm-hmm. that's who he was. Yeah. He found a lot of joy. Um, such as when he would beat me ruthlessly and, um, you know, beat my head against the fireplace, he would just get this creepy smile on his face. What was your mom doing at this time? Um, she would either, either she wasn't there, she was gone a lot, or she was sick a lot. She, you know, she was in bed a lot. Um, or she would just be sitting there when he really beat me bad with the beating my head against the fireplace when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, she just sat there and she finally just said, don't kill her. Do, do you have... I knew that wasn't to save my life. I knew that was to just, you know, protect their reputation. Sure. 
In yeah. your current ministry, do, do you have anything that, that you uh, share with with wives who are complicit in this type of stuff? I never really understood how so many women can sit back and allow this to happen. Uh, is there anything in your ministry that, that ministers to the women the, that are involved in this, watching their kids go through something like this? Well, you know, we've had a number of women that actually have um, been part of that whole that whole crazy dynamic. They went through our. I created a project called In the Wildflowers, and mm-hmm. they have went through that, and just um, just watching the women on film that have been traumatized mm-hmm. and have uh, have had mothers that have allowed it. That's kind of woken them up. Yeah. Awesome. To see another story, to see the reality. That's sure. why I love working with visual storytelling, because they see the reality of, yeah. I'm doing this. How could I do this to my child? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not wasting your hurt, and that's a good thing. Did uh, Did your dad ever repent? As far as I know, no. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he covered up a lot. Um, he, you know, said he took a lie detector test, which he may have. I don't know, but he knew all the policemen in the in the police force there oh. in that little small town. Um, but I know that the last thing he said before he died, I heard this from somebody that was there, um, said, "I won, mm-hmm. I won," and I, I really truly believe that means I never I never confessed. Yeah. Hey, you... um, I went to the priest uh, of that in that small town where he went to church and said, you know, told my story, and then the priest just basically said, you know what, he gives a lot of money to the church, um, we don't want this to come out, we don't really, you know, we really really don't want to hear from you. So um, I wish I could say, yes, he had repented, and that was my prayer, that he would repent, and that honestly, that I could see him in heaven someday. Yeah. Um, even though it's crazy, those of us who have been abused, um, even though it sounds crazy, but I still love him. Yeah. I well, as your dad, him. there's a connection. I love him, and, and I, want, I want him to be saved, and I, want, I would love for him to be in heaven. Uh, how, how did you know? Uh, what took place in you that you knew you truly had forgiven your father? Yeah, it's a, it's a story, a short story, but um, I had had four kids at that time, and I wanted my children, I know it may sound crazy, but I wanted them to meet their grandparents and see where mom was raised. So, um, uh, and I hadn't seen them in decades, um, but I called on the way out there and just basically left a message on their phone saying, I'm coming and I'm bringing your grandchildren. They, you know, I have four kids. Those are their only grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So I called. We drove the 1,400 miles out there. Um, I got out there. They have a great big house in the Rockies of Montana. I got out there, knocked on the door and said, we're here. My mother opens the door and said, you're not allowed in our house. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they had many houses, very rich people. They had like 120 houses in town, and so I knew that they had many places where we could live, but honestly, they were going to close the door on me and my children, which hurt the most. So I decided, uh, well, God decided, um, interesting enough, I was in a, uh, I was reading the Year Bible, um, um, you know, scriptures every day, and I was reading the story of Joseph, and God called me to live the story of Joseph. I didn't want to. <laughs> I wanted to hurt them, yeah. especially because they closed out my children. But I knew that I had to forgive. So, so I every day I would get up in the morning and just have these deep prayers. Help me do this. Help me do this. And and so I decided that, uh, or God decided for me that I needed to do something extraordinary in love. And so 
um, we would bring, um, I, I called my parents and I, I left a message and said, we're going to come out on your picnic table every night. You're not to bring, you, 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 you don't have to bring food. We will, we will bring, um, you know, we'll bring the food. We'll bring paper plates. We will clean it up. We're just going to be there in case you want to see us. Hmm. So for two weeks, every night, um, I and my children and my husband would bring a meal out to them, out and eat it on the picnic table. And um, within the second night, my father comes out and just sits there, stoically just sits there. Doesn't say anything to my kids, would just hurt them, but just sat there. And every night he began to come out. The last night we were there, my mother comes, which was a shock. Mm. And she just sits there, doesn't engage with the kids at all, which broke my heart, but just sat there and then ate her meal and just coldly went in the house. And, and, and I just felt like I needed to do this. And I went and I knocked on the door and I just said, Mom, I said, can I come in for a minute? And she just coldly said, okay. I came in and I hugged her and I said, Mom, I just want you to know I forgive you. Awesome. God has told me to forgive you. And she turns around and the tears just stream down her face. And she says, how could you ever forgive me? Mm-hmm. And I said, by the grace of God, I forgive you. And I love you. And then I went out onto the driveway and my father was standing out there. And I did the same thing. And I said, Dad, I said, I, I need to forgive you. Wow. And I want you to know I so love you. And I meant it with the depth of who I was. Sure. And for the first time, I felt I didn't feel sick to my stomach. I hugged him. And I said, I just want you to know I forgive you and I love you. And I'd never seen him do this, but he broke. Hmm. He just began to sob, deep sobs, and just crumbled on the ground. Wow. And he looked up at me and said, how could you ever forgive me? Huh. And said, by the grace of God, I forgive you. And I so love you. And I walked away. I walked away and I felt, I felt like a weight had been lifted from me. Absolutely. And I, you know, I just felt like I was free to love. Never really heard from them again after that, which hmm. I kind of understood. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't really understand it because I could never do that, but I kind of knew that may happen. But I did my peace. You did. Mm-hmm. I, I brought peace to my heart and I forgive the way that God wanted me to. Absolutely. That's the only way to do it. We're talking today with Julie Woodley, who is the founder and director of Restoring the Heart Ministries. She's a speaker, an author, and a counselor. And we're talking today about a very tough subject, and that is of uh, childhood sexual abuse, but really traumas of all sorts. That's the heart of Julie's ministry. And we'll continue talking about this and the ways that you can minister within your family and help your family avoid some of these problems we trust when Licensed to Parent continues. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. Prison. Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media-Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. 
Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Hello, this is Dave Barton of Wall Builders. You know, history repeatedly validates the many benefits of an authentic biblical worldview. The Licensed to Parent radio broadcast helps restore that worldview back into the hearts and minds of today's parents, and Shepherd's Hill Academy successfully demonstrates that troubled teens and their parents can still experience the abundant life while being fully equipped to win back our culture to biblical truth. The Licensed to Parent broadcast teaches timeless biblical principles and answers that are lived out every day at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Both demonstrate that a biblical worldview provides guiding principles that work successfully every time they're applied. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential treatment program for teens in crisis. And of course, Licensed to Parent is our attempt to take what we learn inside the gates of Shepherds Hill and extend it outside the gates to equip you to be the type of parent God would have you be, the type of parent that God has wired you to be and entrusted you to be with your kids. And our guest today is uh, Julie Woodley. We're talking about a very difficult subject, if you're just joining us, that is childhood sexual abuse. And uh, as we've said, this uh, may not be appropriate for young listeners, so uh, you may want to listen to this program on our website at a later time, parents, if you've got young kids with you. Uh, Trace? Julie, before the break, we were talking about the uh, the importance of forgiveness. And, uh, you know, I I think there's some misconceptions about forgiveness. Um, Confession, repentance, forgiveness, I think those are basically the three fundamental uh, components to healing. Uh, you talked about uh, uh, you forgiving your mom, your dad. Does this mean you would allow your dad to babysit your kids? Um, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, yeah. I was a mama bear when it came to protecting sure. my children from from him. Um, so no, or or her, I, I because she had you know really turned her back on me and allowed that abuse to happen. Sure, I did not trust. Um, my them with her now. I I may have trusted if he had repented and if he had gone into some pretty deep counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I did not trust. I forgave absolutely. I sure. could love them and forgive them, but I did not trust them at all with my children. And I think that's just wisdom. You know, there's so many people who confuse reconciliation with restoration, <laughs> and uh, restoration isn't necessarily a component. Uh, or now working of forgiveness. Uh, even Jesus said, I think it was in John 3 or 4, uh, he wasn't entrusting himself to them. Now, he did forgive them. He died for them. He, he forgave yeah. them so much. But he wasn't entrusting himself to them. And I think that's just an exercise in wisdom. Julie, uh, what should be the proper protocol when one spouse suspects the other of molesting their own kids? Um, uh, strong, strong protocol, strong in love, <laughs> but um, I would take it very, very seriously if there's any suspect, and I would immediately go 
to a pastor, a healthy pastor, that would really um, understand the devastation of sexual abuse or any type of abuse, or a counselor to be um, able to really intervene quickly mm-hmm. if that is happening. Uh, Julie, what are some signs that teachers and church workers need to look for that, that could indicate a child is uh, possibly being sexually abused? Well, there's many signs. I think um, someone that's uh, a young child that's afraid to make eye contact, any signs on the body of, you know, physical harm. Um, Does that go hand in hand, physical harm with sexual abuse all the, all the time? It often does, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um in many ways, yes, it often okay. goes hand in hand. Someone that's maybe, when they're a little bit older, maybe overly promiscuous um, or mm-hmm. afraid of men, either one way or the other. Yeah. You know, I've lived in both places. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Uh-huh. Well, Julie, we're just, we're down to the wire here. Uh, what final words do you have for parents who, who may suspect that their children are being abused by someone in or outside the home? I'm just going to share a little story with you that, that will really resonate, I think. Um, my son, he's, he's a doctor. He's, he and his wife are, live in Erie, Pennsylvania. But anyways, when he had his newborn child, he was holding this little girl and tears running down his face. Now, my son is not an emotional young man. Tears running down his face. And I said, honey, what's going on? He said, I am so in love with this little girl. Thank you, Mom, for standing up to generations of abuse. Thank you for having the courage to stand up and and get your own healing so this this little girl doesn't have to go through that. Mm. That is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's amazing. Julie, we we hate to have to say goodbye, but we do have to say goodbye, and that's not only because of our schedule, but yours as well. We've both got uh, uh, busy things coming up, and our time on the program is up today. But thank you so, so much for sharing your story. God bless you. And uh, if people want to contact you and find out more about the resources that you offered for help and healing here, what's the best way to do that, through Restoring the Heart Ministries? RestoringTheHeartMinistries.com and um, those who have been abused, please know there's hope and healing and um, you're not forgotten. There are people that want to be next to you in your story and love you. Again, our guest today, Julie Woodley, the founder and director of Restoring the Heart Ministries Incorporated. Julie's a speaker and author and a counselor. If you'd like to have her speak to your organization, contact Restoring the Heart Ministries. If you'd like to find out more about the other resources they offer, again, you can go to RestoringTheHeartMinistries.com or to make it short and simple, RTHM.cc. And again, Julie, thank you so much. Absolutely. Love being with you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and helping their parents. That's you. We try on each one of these broadcasts to bring practical parenting tips and insights into today's culture so that you as a parent can be better tuned, better equipped to deal with the issues your kids are facing and bringing home every day. If you'd like to find out more about the work of Licensed to Parent or of Shepherd's Hill Academy, you can find out more on our website at LicensedToParent.org. Incidentally, if you need some one-on-one family counseling, we're happy to provide that as well, and you can find out more about that on our website by going to LicensedToParent.org and clicking on the Family Coaching banner. And finally, this ministry is only possible through the generous gifts of you and listeners like you. If you'd like to become one of our ministry partners and help us both prayerfully and financially, 
please click on the donate button at licensedtoparent.org. And remember, any gift you give will be tax deductible, and any gift, no matter how small, will be a great help in keeping this ministry moving forward. Again, you can give securely online when you click on the donate button at licensedtoparent.org. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel saying thanks for listening today. Be sure and join us again next time to once again renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.